or thank you, Melva, either way. Great to have you here this morning. I am so glad to welcome you to this place, to this worship service. My name is Dee, and uh, as one of the pastors here, it's such a privilege to uh, let you know how glad we are that you are here. As some of our Sunday school classes begin, begin to make their way in here, um, I just hope that this service for you is exactly what the Holy Spirit had in mind. We have a number of things that are happening. You'll hear more announcements a little bit later. But I do want you to know that this is Family Church Month, which means that in the course of this service, we will have our children in with us, which sometimes, if they make noise, make some people uncomfortable. I want you to know that you need to relax. Everything's fine. There's plenty of space for them to move around and plenty of space for you to shift if you need to. So um, I hope that this uh, last Sunday of Family Church Month um, is just wonderful and special for our kids, for our parents, for everyone who's here. I also want you to know a little bit of an unusual Sunday in that simultaneously to this service, there is one that's going on for new student orientation that has a number of our people involved in that that's taking place at the Greek Amphitheater. And uh, I hope that you will pray for this new freshman class. I think it's the largest ever here for this university. And uh, that should mean that we offer the most prayers ever for the campus, for the kids, and I hope you'll join in with that. I'd like to start our service with a word of prayer, and I know that each one of us brings stuff with us into this place. And it's easy for that stuff to get us distracted from what God has in store for this morning. So I encourage you during our prayer time to allow God's Spirit to hold everything that you bring with you and allow this morning to be a morning where we fellowship and worship and praise together and invite God's presence into this place and into our lives. Let's pray. Lord God, thank you. Your grace is infinite. Your love fits every need we have. This morning, we certainly do bring with us so many things that have captured our interest or held us captive by our um, uncertainties or fears. This morning, will you fill us with your peace? Move us to a place of trust. And may this service be a way by which we honor and praise your name. We thank you, Lord. Amen. I'm going to ask Larry to come and uh, give us a call to worship. Good morning, all. I'm reading Psalm 112. Praise the Lord. Blessed are those who fear the Lord, who find great delight in his commands. Their children will be mighty in the land. The generation of the upright will be blessed. Wealth and riches are in their houses and their righteousness endures forever. Even in darkness, light dawns for the upright, for those who are gracious and compassionate and righteous. Good will come to those who are generous and lend freely who conduct their affairs with justice. Surely the righteous will never be shaken. They will be remembered forever. They will have no fear of bad news, 
Their hearts are steadfast, trusting in the Lord. Their hearts are secure. They will have no fear. In the end, they will look in triumph on their foes. They have freely scattered their gifts to the poor. Their righteousness endures forever. Their horn will be lifted high in honor. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Thanks, Lord. If you are able to, with thankful hearts this morning, let's stand together. As Pastor D was saying, this is the last week of our family church month, which means we got to go out with a bang, with a bang. So Jordan Pickin, I'm going to invite you up here to lead us in our last children's song. Do we got a couple of participants too? Oh yeah, come on, Sue! Oh yeah, yeah, all right. And if you got that inner child in you too, you can come out as well. All right. Here we go. And I've got a river of living water, a fountain that never will run dry. It's an open heaven you're releasing. We will never be denied. Cause we're stirring up deep, deep well. We're stirring up deep, deep waters. We're gonna dance in the river. Dance in the river. We're stirring up deep, deep wells. We're stirring up deep, deep waters. We're gonna jump in the river. Jump in the river. Everybody say Deep cries out, deep cries out to you. Deep cries out, deep cries out to you.
on that stage for this next part, Jordan? Alright, let's see, here we go. And if he goes to the left, then we'll go to the left. And if he goes to the right, then we'll go to the right. We're gonna jump, 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 jump in the river. Jump, 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 everybody. If he goes to the left, then we'll go to the left. And if he goes to the right, then we'll go to the right. We're gonna dance, 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 dance in the river. Sing with me this morning. How great is our God. Sing with me. How great is our God. And all will see how great, how great is our God. Lift your voice to the Lord. Declare the glory. How great is our God. Sing with me how great is our God. All will see how great, how great is our God. the splendor oh the splendor of the king holy majesty let all the earth rejoice all the earth rejoice he wraps himself in light in dark Tries to hide and trembles at his voice. 
our praises to the Lord this morning with the clapping of our hands. Yes, Lord. Deserving of our praise and glory and honor. Amen. Amen. It's great to be with you, church. This morning we have an awe. Almost said awful. I don't know how that came out. Awesome is what I meant to say. Opportunity to pass a peace to one another. If you haven't done that before, you go up to someone you know or you don't know and you say, May the peace of Christ be with you. And in return, you can say, Thank you, thank you. And also with you. Some of us have done this before. Here we go. All right, you may pass the peace of Christ. Pastor D mentioned, this is Family Church Month, and that means our kids are in here with us. And even though they don't leave to go to Children's Church, we're still going to pray a blessing over them. Will you please join me? This is my prayer for you, our children, that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight, so that you may be able to discern what is best. May you be filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. Amen. Morning by morning I wake up to find the power and comfort of your season by season I 
watch you amazed in awe of the mystery of your perfect ways all i have need of your hand will provide you've always been faithful to me I can't remember a trial or a pain you did not recycle to bring me gain. I can't remember one single regret in serving you.
energy like up for announcements. But I here was, we are. I was going to say the same thing because I have tears in my eyes. <laughs> and now I have to be like, it's announcement time. Um, but we'll do it. Yeah. It's, we'll figure it we've out. We've been tasked and we'll execute. Here we <laughs> yes, go. Yes, we will. Okay, um, if you haven't already done so with your bulletin, um, there is a check-in code. I think it's going to be popping up. Yep, the dyno nice. code. Please uh, scan your, hover your phone um, over that. Um, let us know that you're here. Let us know if there's anything that we can be praying um, about for you. Um, that's the way to do it. Yeah. Uh, also, as mentioned already, today is the last Sunday of August, which means next Sunday is the first Sunday of September. And uh, that means that we'll be having our, our morning tide gathering. Those, that happens the first Sunday of every month. And this is just an opportunity that we have to gather over the, in the Ellipse Chapel, a little bit of a smaller venue than this, um, at 9 a.m. for an additional period of worship and reflection and a devotional, some scripture reading as well. Um, and we just have the opportunity to do that once a month. So that happens on the first Sunday. And if you want to be a part of that, come on over to the Loves Chapel at 9 a.m. next Sunday. Awesome. Um, Wednesday nights are back. Who's excited about that? Oh, thank you. I like the energy coming from this side of the Brown Chapel. Um, Wednesday nights are back. And yes, this dude has been working so hard to get our Wednesday night dinners back, which is even better news. I love it. So Wednesday night dinners are from 5.30 to 6.30, and then immediately following that, kids choir starts at 6.30, youth group, adult choir, adult you, all starting at 6.30. So much fun to be had. Um, the nursery will be open for ages zero to four. That is a, if you need that, um, care for your, for your baby and toddler, um, that is a come and go situation. However, if you have an older kiddo and you think, I just want to drop in on a Wednesday night, our Wednesday night program for our older kiddos is not a drop-in situation. So we have an amazing children's choir program and we'd love for you to be a part of that, but you do need to register. So if you have any questions about that, please email me. Um, my email is in the bulletin, but jordan at sdfcnaz.com. Yeah, and for our adult programming on Wednesday nights, Jordan already mentioned there will be adult choir if you'd like to be a part of that with Victor helping to get ready for Joyful Sounds of Christmas, which is an amazing service we get to do every December. Uh, you're invited to be a part of that. Also, we have our adult you programming that meets on Wednesday nights. And so that is a series of four classes that will meet for a period of anywhere between four to six weeks uh, throughout the fall. So that's from September all the way through December 7th. And so here's kind of the overview of the classes that we'll be offering this fall. We kick things off with a four-week series called Habits of Worship, being led by our very own Austin Holmes. Uh, and then we're also, uh, the following week, kicking off a series uh, mainly for our parents of younger kids called How to Talk to Your Kids About fill in the blank. And each of those nights will have a new topic and discuss how we broach um, some of these difficult conversations um, about things going on in the world around us uh, with our kids. So we'd love to have you all be a part of that as well. Later in October, we're kicking off a series called Faith and Dialogue. And then later, beginning in November, we have a Bible study focused on the Advent story. And so we'll tell you some more info about each of these classes uh, the week before they kick off. But just to kind of give you the overview, here are all the things that we'll be offering for our adults on Wednesday nights this fall. 
Awesome. Okay, last announcement. We have been talking a lot about the nursery in here. Recruiting for the nursery. That's Banner. That's my son. He's pretty cute. You can agree. Um, And we've been talking about needing more volunteers. Um, So today, after immediately following service, we're going to have a very brief nursery orientation. So if you have been a part of the nursery for a long time and just need a little refresher or just want to come hang out, Um, or if you're brand new, or if you just want to see what's going on in there and if that's something you might want to volunteer, a place where you might want to volunteer, please come join us. I promise I won't keep you for long. I know that we're all very hungry after service. So um, we're going to meet in the nursery foyer, which is right to my left, to your right. Um, Please meet me there right after service and we'll, we'll orient ourselves. And then lastly, to close out our announcement block today, um, if you came over to church last Sunday, you would have been the only one here because we didn't meet here last Sunday. We met down at Crown Point for our annual summer celebration. We have a brief worship service out there on the grass, and then we're able to play some long games and have lunch together and just kind of fellowship together to celebrate the end of the summer as we transition into this fall programming kickoff that's happening over the next couple of weeks. Um, and so if you were there, we, we thank you for coming, and we loved having you there. If you missed it, Our very own director slash cinematographer slash editor, Austin, put together this wonderful highlight reel uh, for you to see a little bit of what you missed and maybe, you know, tuck this away in your brain in case you think about coming to join us next year. You gonna get in it, Joel? I'm ready for you if you are. I'm so excited. Oh, yeah, you are, dude. No other refuge, no other 
soul Oh may I drink from no other fountain where living waters will flow Jesus you're all I need Jesus you're all I need and you are my life and may you be lifted high cause there is no other like Jesus Christ you are my story you're my everything, my glory, my God and my King. You are my rock and you never change. And no power can break the darkness no other hand that can save forever faithful your love is stronger and I trust in no other name Jesus you're all I need Jesus, you're all I need And you are my life May you be lifted high Cause there is no other Like Jesus Christ You are my story You're my everything you're my glory, my God, and my King. Well, you are my rock, and you never change. My strength to stand. All of my days are in your hand, my life to see your glory goes before me, my strength to sin. All of my days are in your hand, my life to see your glory goes before me, my King, you reign. My rock and you never change No, you never change And you are my life May you be lifted high there is no other like Jesus Christ. You are my story. You're my everything. 
You're my glory, my God and my King Well, you are my rock and you never change No, you never change And Jesus, you're all I need Jesus, you're all I need Jesus, you're all I need Jesus, you're all I Hebrews 13, 1 to 8, and 15 to 6. Keep on loving one another as brothers and sisters. Do not forget to show hospitality to strangers. For by doing so, some people you have shown hospitality to angels without knowing it. Continue to remember those in prison as if you were together with them in prison, and those who are mistreated as if yourselves were suffering. Marriage should be honored by all and the marriage bed kept pure, for God will judge the adulterer and all the sexually immoral. Keep your lives free from the love of money and be content with what you have, because God has said, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. So we say with confidence, the Lord is my helper, I will not be afraid. What can mere mortals do to me? Remember your leaders who spoke the word of God to you. Consider the outcome of their way of life and imitate their faith. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. Through Jesus, therefore, let us continually offer to God a sacrifice of praise, the fruit of lips that openly profess his name, and do not forget to do good and to share with others. For with such sacrifices, God is pleased. The word of the Lord. morning. Um, there's a company that I'm guessing many of you are familiar with. About four years ago, it did something a bit unusual. Unusual in that it just seemed like it was the kind of thing that uh, very few companies of its nature had ever done before. It was for the most part, a company that had come to be known for how they did things for children, um, games, toys, and one of their most famous products, in 2018, they filed for a trademark protection on the smell of their product. 
In 2018, Play-Doh filed trademark protection so that nobody could copy the smell of Play-Doh. I don't know if um, you've ever had the opportunity for somebody to talk to you about um, or talk with somebody about some of the things that are stressors in your life. They now have um, Play-Doh-like products that you can squeeze in your hand back and forth. And in squeezing them, they also are fragranced, but they're not fragranced like Play-Doh. If you want a Play-Doh fragrance, you have to get actual Play-Doh. It has this kind of vanilla bread smell to it. Really is something that conjures up for you memories if you've ever just had some Play-Doh and played with it. To that end, I just want to acknowledge that it's very easy for the um, nature of our life to rob us of our peace and rob us of the things that kind of keep us calm. And I believe completely that it ties into this passage in Hebrews chapter 13. But I wanted, since this is Family Church Month, and uh, thinking that there may be a number of people who came this morning fully stressed and anxious. In fact, you might feel like that your spouse needs a stress reliever. Or kids, you might think your mom or dad needs a stress reliever. Or if you have your mother-in-law with you this morning, you may think she needs a stress reliever or you need it for yourself. I don't know. I just want you to know that right now, kind of as an act of, I don't know, worship, right behind the Martins right there, right on the aisle is a basket of Play-Doh right there, and right over here across the aisle from Kindle is a box of Play-Doh right now. So if you feel like, you know, you need it, your spouse needs it, and I do want to acknowledge that the reason it smells like vanilla bread is it's made of wheat, so it's not gluten-free. So if you need something that would be gluten-free, I'm not encouraging anybody to eat it, but just see Jordan up here. I think I lost Jordan. And she'll make sure that you have something uh, different than that. If your parents are okay with it and you have one for yourself, you're more than welcome to get it out. I just ask that you clean up after yourself after it's over. I love the courage. Thank you. There's plenty for everyone. And I think there's some people that look a little stressed right now. AJ, I might need to send you back there to get some. I'm just saying, now's a good time. I think, I think Austin has some people in mind, I think is what the issue is. Now stay with me on this as you're getting it. I want to ask a very important question. What is it that robs us of Christ's peace that necessitates us pausing and taking time to figure out how to regain that peace? The answer is pretty simple. It's just life. Everything around us has the potential to start chipping away at the very, the very fabric of our faith and take our focus off of the steady nature of Christ, our God and King, the one who's never changing. Thank you for that song, Justin. And get us fixated on what feels like is always changing and is never the same and leaves us without any certainty of where to stand. So I'll ask again, 
What are some of the things that might rob you of peace or raise that level of anxiousness in your journey? I'll name a few. I have to say it's a little self-disclosing. I'm not sure I'm naming yours. I actually put the first one on my list as ants. I, 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 don't, I don't know if it's the season, the time of year, but when they get inside my home, it just kind of gets me a bit anxious and I just have to confess that. I am convinced that in San Diego, we built our city on their hills and they are now rising up <laughs> and saying, no more, I've had enough. And when I find them where they're not supposed to be, it just is a battle and it is difficult. I feel like every just little something on my arm, I looked in, is there one on me? I just gets to me after a bit. I, this looks like a beautiful romantic moment between two ants. <laughs> That's, that's not how I feel, but I just want you to know that that's one of the things on my list. My guess is there are some others that you might have. Um, I, I would say, for those of you who are concerned about retirement things, so it's just kind of naming a age span, the stock market, when it does something crazy and you find yourself obsessed with what daily thing happens with that because you're concerned about your own future, it can kind of rob you of that sense of peace. Or maybe it's just news in general. N news wherever you get it, whether it's on your phone, TV, radio, whatever it might be, the constant barrage of what's happening in our world and just tuning in for the latest, the latest political score, the, the latest uh, event that took place that one group is frustrated at and the other group is thrilled at, and then you know that what's going to follow is just going to cause a little more chaos in the world, a little more anxiety, and you just wonder, should I, should I even be paying attention to these things? And if so, how do I take them in? Social media, doesn't have to be the news, just social media, constantly checking to see. For some, it's constantly checking to see, oh, did I get any retweets or followers or any likes? But more often than not, it's what's the latest? Has anybody posted anything new? Did anything change? Do I need to check it? What, in and of themselves, none of this is wrong. In fact, some of it can be incredibly beneficial to our culture, to our understanding of the future, but there are also times when it's so captured us that it has begun to rob us of what God has for us, in particular God's peace, God's grace, God's direction. Well, let's get maybe a little more practical. First day of school, that always was anxiety producing for me. And for an entire campus that's our neighbor, a bunch of activities have started, but Tuesdays, first day of classes, it didn't matter what grade, it didn't matter if it was a new school or an old school. 
First day of school for some of us. Are you kidding me? Can I just go the second day? But then it becomes the first day if you didn't go the first day. And then it's even worse because everybody else has had a first day. And you're the only one on the first day. Maybe just conflict in general. I love this picture. This, this looks like human characteristics in a parrot. I'm done with you. No more talking. We are at odds. Conflict of any sort. I think some people seek out conflict, but the majority of people, it creates just this bodily tension. Muscles kind of grab together and we find our defense mechanisms engaging. The endocrine system kicks in. The adrenal glands start pouring out. The body shifts into a different mode. It is often referred to that old familiar phrase, fight, flight, or freeze. It's okay if it just happens momentarily, but what about the stress and chronic stressors that keep us constantly in that state? One of those things that can keep us constantly in that state is financial pressure, financial strains, indebtedness, bills that pile up. I, I have memories that come back of sitting at the kitchen table, paying the bills for which we had funds and throwing away the duplicates for which we didn't. There's a pressure to financial strain and it begins to chip away at health, at well-being, at spiritual focus, lack of sleep, I'm not really sure, I put this up here, but I'm not really sure if this is a stress creator or the consequence of stress, and actually I would propose it's both. When there's not enough sleep, it is tough to concentrate, to think through, to problem solve, to be creative, because we know some things happen during sleep that contribute to all of the healthy experiences of those things. But it's also a consequence of things that begin to chip away at our peace, at our trust, at our understanding. The list goes on and on and on. I don't know what it might be for you. Sense of inadequacy just raises the level of apprehension. Picking up teams on the playground is one of the worst, particularly when it's not a sport you hardly know how to compete in. It, it may be for you that it's the next financial hurdle, having accomplished one, moving on to the next. It may be your own personal history. It may be family of origin. It may be reunions. It may be anything and everything that's appearing on Monday's schedule. And we hold it and hold it and hold it. Stay with me. 
This is Hebrews 13, at least in part. What's the answer for all of these things? I heard someone say, and actually it was fantastic advice. I heard it about a week and a half ago. How do you deal with these things? And her response was, well, whatever works for you. I can give you 50 different ideas. What, what works for you? What works for me may not be exactly what works for you. I, I know you know, just because I've talked about it often enough, that Taking a a wonderful walk does amazing things for me. For others, that's not even an option. Walking is painful. For some, maybe it's a bike ride. For me, the stressors of biking in a city just kind of do away with all of the benefit of rest and renewal of restoration, what works for you? It's likely not going to be the same as the person who's right beside you. But there are some things that are generally true. And and one of those is recognizing the community that surrounds you. Sometimes that's just friendships that speak into your life that hold you accountable for the way you are living, that ask you the tough questions. Sometimes it's the community around you that includes a physician or a therapist or a psychiatrist, a mentor, a coach. Is that what works? But we ought to be as a community of faith coming around each other and helping and encouraging for schedules that get overloaded and lives that get full and families that create all kinds of stress. So where do we step into our spiritual journey with this? God calls us to be aware, conscious of the things that begin to rob peace and invites us into places that begin to reestablish for ourselves priorities, boundaries, guardrails, ways that hold us in God's watchful care, not that he's never looking or ever not looking, but instead in a place where we can receive what God is already offering. So you think that the next step in this is to say, and that place is prayer. And I think that's one of the places, but not the only place. I won't accuse anyone else of this. I'll just say about myself that there have been times when prayer for me has not been renewing, but has actually raised my sense of angst as I go through a laundry list of people who are in need of prayer and struggling with particular issues. And I go through that list, and with each person, it begins to accumulate, God, what's happening all around? 
health issues, loss of life, concerns for pathways people have chosen. If that's prayer for you, then let me encourage you to consider what more prayer might be. To consider how we might move in directions that begin to restore the spiritual health of ourselves individually as well as collectively. I I know you know that I love children's books. I'll, I'll give you some of my favorite titles and not that you're looking for a list, but just as to take us where I, I would like us to go. Um, one of my favorite books is Squids Will Be Squids. It's just a collection of wonderful tales that have nice little moral endings, and uh, it, it's kind of a modern-day version of trying to do some Aesop fables kinds of things, but I like Squids Will Be Squids. I like After the Fall. It's the wonderful story of what happened after Humpty Dumpty fell. And I think it's just a wonderful depiction of how to get back up and uh, tackle things again. I love the nativity. Um, It is such a delightful artistic depiction of the birth of Christ, one of my favorites. There's a great love story in children's book form, The Dot and the Line. That's another favorite of mine, and um, if you're looking for a great romance book for, I don't know, some kindergartner in your life, this is a great one to have. Um, I also love A Bad Case of Stripes. It talks about when we try, when we give ourselves away to what other people think, how that begins to change us in ways that we never intended. I also love the Jesus Storybook Bible, one of my favorite renditions of scripture. I say all of this to say that I think the Hebrews writer gives to us a wonderful adult picture book of our spiritual faith and journey. And so, I'd like to introduce to you what we can create together a new adult children's picture book, Relax, God's Got You. And I'd like to take you to Hebrews chapter 13 and go back over the passage that you just heard read. Verse one starts us off, and, and, and maybe this book should start with all of the other pictures of the ants and the stock market, market and the social media and all of those things and put them all onto one picture and get us all bent out of shape. And then step into this Hebrews passage and listen as we're taught how we might live that would restore our health and wholeness. Begins with some pretty direct instructions. Love each other like family. Now that might feel hard. And I also might say, love one another like the family you would like to have. Some of us struggle a bit with family of origin stuff. I get that. But when you think of the best of family, what would it be like to care for and love one another in the fellowship of faith, 
in our neighborhood like family. Verse 2, also, be kind to strangers. I love what the passage says. It says, because you never know. You never know how this might be a holy encounter, a holy moment. And it goes in multiple directions. The scripture talks about some have entertained angels through their kindness. But I would also propose that when we treat strangers with kindness, we are creating a holy moment of encounter. Have you not been the stranger when somebody treats you kindly? You walk away, you drive away, sometimes tears well up in your eyes because somebody took the time. It created a sacred moment. And if that's not restoration, I'm not sure what is. So be kind to strangers you don't know. And an offshoot of this is verse 3. Treat those who are incarcerated or who have been mistreated as you would like to be treated. Just a different way of kind of saying the golden rule, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. But this gets real specific. It targets a population that's easily neglected those who are incarcerated or those who have been mistreated, what would it be like if you treated them the way you'd like to be treated if you were in their exact same circumstance? Oh, but I'd never be in their circumstance. Uh, wait for a little more life to pass. We'll see. But even if that never does occur, what if you were? How would you want to be treated? I love the next verse, verse 4. It says, treat marriage as something holy. And it's an admonition to everyone. It doesn't matter if you're married or not. Just have respect. Treat it as something holy. I didn't put it in the book because it's kind of this children's book, but it goes on to say, and don't let your sex drive get in the way of relationships and destroy relationships. I mean, that's a summary of several of the phrases that are right there in verse 4. The next piece is so profound to me. In verse 5, it says, and don't waste your love on money. But when you do, all kinds of things start to follow. There's never enough. I want what somebody else has. It becomes all consuming. I end up kind of getting a little narcissistic. It's all on me. There's an antidote to that, which we'll get to toward the end of this passage. But straightforward, it simply says, don't waste your love on money. The follow-up is so very important because money is one of the driving factors of anxiety, of stress. 
it says, relax. God's right by your side. And then the follow-up verse to that. God's got you. Relax, God's right by your side. God's got you. My circumstances capture my attention. My stress levels sometimes rise. I'm uncertain about how things are going to work out. But God's by my side. God's got me. And then it follows by saying, fear does not. It's my fears of all of the other things that begin to steal my peace, rob my place, destroy my relationships. It's my fear that begins to become the dominant way I present myself. I am usually the last one to notice it or to see it, but it's there unless I begin to surrender that fear to God being by my side and knowing that God's got me. So the next piece that's offered to us is, if you're struggling, remember those you know who've exhibited great faith and act accordingly. Think about those people whose lives you just, they have modeled for you faithfulness, a posture, a way of living that to you just seems honorable. Act accordingly. Let let them be your mentor, your guide. But always remember this. There is one sure thing out there. Verse 8. Jesus. The same yesterday, today, and forever. Jesus. My rock, my guide, my strength, my ruler, my king, my redeemer. The one who offers grace and love. The one who beckons me to move away from those places that are tearing me apart at the seams and to place my trust in the one who created all things and knows me so well and loves me completely. It is an invitation, an invitation to a posture of faith. There are two instructions that follow this. They're in verse 15 and 16. I, I just want to paint the picture, though, once again. This contrast between all of the things that eventually imprison us and the ways by which we begin to step out of that trap. There are some who contend that 90% of what we go to physicians for is rooted in stress. Wow. The things that tear us apart sometimes seem so invisible to us. And we are asked to challenge those things And to call into question the very things that demand our allegiance and instead say, oh, God, you are my Lord, you are my King. Jesus, you are my rock, my firm foundation. Spirit, come dwell and abide in me. 
And my prayers begin to be filled with, oh Lord, help me to get in touch with my heart and what it's feeling. Help me to listen to my body speak. Lord, help me when I feel my anxieties rising because I care for my friends, my family, and what they're going through. Help me to be quick to turn my trust to you, to recognize your care, your love, your presence. Lord, help me to move from impatience to patience. Help me to move from uncertainty to love. Help me to move from panic to praise. Help me to be honest about the things that distract me and sometimes feel like they destroy me. But help me to also be honest that you've offered something better and help me to surrender to you. Here are the two instructions in 15 and 16. It says, first and foremost, praise God, it shows you love. Praise God. It shows you love God. And the second, very much like it, verse 16, share with others. It shows you love. And when you start showing you love, you realize your source of love is God. And it continually calls you to turn and trust in the one who provides all the love we could ever need. So, in closing this time in prayer, I just want to make mention some of the people in our church, among many who would love your prayers. Jessie B., she no longer attends, they moved away, but she's called back and requested prayer for her daughter Annie. She's having some severe physical issues that they're struggling to know how to handle. Let's pray for the B family, B.I., Jessie B., and her daughter, Annie. I think of Genevieve Brunk facing some challenges. Please lift up Genevieve as God brings you, brings her to your mind. Aileen Sharn has a grandson who's in the hospital. Aileen's one of our fervent prayers here. Let's lift up Aileen and her family in these moments that um, they might experience God's grace and presence. And I know there are so many others here, but let this morning it not simply be a prayer of recognizing all the difficulties, but a prayer of recognizing our source and how we trust. Let's pray together. Lord God, your grace, your faithfulness, if we just turn around and look at the ways you've treated us and handled us and watched over us in the past, we would move into a place of praise, recognizing your goodness toward us. So we mention all of the people in great need and a hundred others that are being lifted up right now knowing that you hear our prayers. So Lord, you invite us to be those who are people of action. What would we like if we were in that person's position? How might we love? How might we share our time, our resources, our words of encouragement, our time that is otherwise given to worry, Lord, what if that time were invested in love? 
God invite us back to the center place of our faith. May it, along with the great work of physicians and counselors and friends and church family, lead us to a place of wholeness, spiritually, physically, emotionally. Lord, if sometimes squeezing a bit of Play-Doh reminds us of our stress and somehow leads us back to you, then Lord, help us to bring it out. Smell the rich fragrance of vanilla and bread. Recognize your great creation, the ways in which you have taught us through generations to find your peace and to realize how important it is to our spiritual health. Teach us, Lord, to relax. For you've got us. We are yours. You are our good shepherd. And everything we need this day is within our grasp. You lead us into green pastures. Guide us beside still waters. You restore our soul. You lead us in the paths of righteousness for your name's sake. Even if we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, there is no reason to fear anything at all, for you are with us. Your rod and your staff, they protect and comfort us. You've prepared a table before us in the presence of our enemies. You anoint our head with oil. Our cup overflows. And surely goodness and mercy shall follow us all the days of our life. If we will simply dwell in your house, the house where you have taken up residence in our house, in our heart, dwelling in that place of peace forever, beginning now. Amen. I invite you to stand as I pronounce God's blessing on you. And then Melva is going to do a, uh, a postlude. If you want to listen to that, you can sit and enjoy, you can fellowship, you can do as you please, but please know God's grace on you, God's love poured over you, God's hope dwelling in you. May you experience a peace that passes all understanding because the God of peace wants you to live that way so that all of the things you face come from a posture of hope and trust and love. Go in God's peace. God bless you.